Welcome to Marketing in Times of Crisis. It's where I get to chat to interesting business leaders about the steps that they're taking to weather the current crisis. They'll also reflect on what they did to overcome past recessions like the crash in 2008. I hope you enjoy it and learn as much as I did. Hi, I'm Ayo Abbas. I'm a freelance marketing consultant and welcome to my new podcast, Marketing in Times of Crisis. It's Tuesday, the 9th of June. Today's guests are Bristol-based architectural firm Stride Treglowen. First up is Rachel Bell. She's the Director of Business Development and the Transport Business at The Practice. And next, we also have Rob Sargent, who is the Marketing Director. Thanks so much for you both coming on to talk to us today. I got to hear of your practice during lockdown and I was basically fangirling about your Talking Spaces marketing campaign. I think I found you by Rachel's blog about her experiences of lockdown and that's when I started investigating more and also why I wanted you to be my first guest today. Can you tell me a bit about yourselves and your practice? Would you like to go first, Rachel? Yes, thank you. No, really good to to connect and glad that you've uh, found our uh, campaign uh, really sort of interactive. So yeah, I'm Rachel Bell. I'm a new director for Stride to Clown. I joined the board in January. So it's been quite an interesting start to my uh, directorship, but I've been in the business for 20 years. Uh, I'm, an okay. ar- I'm an architect by background and I suppose I've taken quite an interesting journey across those years because I've worked in lots of different sectors. But I think that's really sort of uh, sort of given me the the great basis to do what I do now because I have a technical background, but also have the experience around defence and education and aviation and lots of other different areas that the business. Um, so I can help kind of promote uh, our skills uh, out and beyond. Uh, so. I yeah I sit within our winning work team uh, alongside Rob Sargent and uh, another director Pierre Wassenaar and okay. I also have lots of different roles um, outside of kind of uh, Stride Clown in terms of women in property so I'm the current vice national chair and I also sit on the land aid uh, regional board as well so yeah lots of different aspects brilliant thanks so much Rob out over to you yeah, hi. Um, I joined Stride to Clown pretty much the same time as Rachel, actually. Uh, it was twenty, well, it's 2000, so it was 20 years ago for me as well. Um, I worked my way up through really looking after clients, and I got quite a bit of a specialist at frameworks, um, but yeah. also at the time quite passionate about innovation and driving us forward as a business. So um, I became a director in 2008, and actually I led a lot of the innovation side of what we were doing in terms of um, some of the BIM work and how we go about doing our everyday work. It's called the delivery role that's Stride Clown, and it basically helps us deliver our architecture um, and finds the best tools for the job. And um, I'd been doing that a few years, and about three years ago, um, there was a retirement of a director and um, I felt uh, I needed a bit of a change. And all the other directors said, Rob, you're, you're a man of creativity. Um, go and um, support our marketing team. So I moved across <laughs> from that delivery role. And I ended up in marketing without much uh, marketing background. So um, I brought to it, um, hopefully, a little bit of fresh thinking. Um, and, uh, Are you enjoying it? 
I, I, I certainly am. Um, and I'm, I've, I've enjoyed the challenge. Um, and I've enjoyed actually an area where I've had to do my own bit of research into what marketing is. Um, yeah. I've had to dig a little bit into what I like and I think what our clients would like and our other consultants we work with. And for me, that's probably given me a bit of freedom to experiment a little bit more. And I've had a great team around me. I mean, that's, you know, Rachel inferred that earlier. We've got a winning work team of, it's quite large in total. So it sort of covers bids, uh, business development, uh, marketing, uh, graphics, and a little bit of data analysis and our knowledge management team as well. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question that I always ask marketeers. What is marketing? <laughs> it's so different depending on who you talk to. Well, I, Rachel, I, I think Rachel will be a, a good one to answer this, really. because <laughs> No, no, because for us it's about uh, the way we win work is, is we're not selling something. We're not selling a product. So it isn't about your online or your, your, your shop or anything like that. And it's not about yeah. people wanting to come to a restaurant for a, a service. We're kind of a bit of both. It's about the service we provide and we're answering people's problems. And therefore, for us, it's about word of mouth. It's about... Um, and it's about the relationships we have with people. Um, you know, we, we took a very uh, big sort of stance. Uh, I think people have seen, you know, the impact of, of Rob's and the wider team's work over the last few years of how we've kind of changed the dynamics of, of what we say. Um, absolutely. And it's not about projects per se, although that is, you know, a key part of showing our technical ability, but it's the conversations that we want to have with like-minded people and people that we want to be developing, you know, better places for everyone to live and work in. So um, that's been a big part of sort of the direction and, and sort of the answering of what we do next and how we how we take those conversations further. That's brilliant. Now that's a really, really good I guess way of describing it. I think it's 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 so much more because I think it, it's so easy to be too simplistic and say it's about a brochure or a look, but to actually look into a much kind of deeper context, I think is is really really important. Um, in terms of kind of, could you give us a brief intro in terms of your Talking Spaces campaign and what that is? Do you want me to start, Rob, or do you? Want yeah, I, I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, the fact that you picked up on on the blog that I did uh, very initially, although uh, we were seeing out of the COVID crisis, you know, a number of companies being very sort of um, poignant on what what COVID was doing on the business, but the fact that actually things were still happening, so projects were still um, carrying on, and you yeah. know we were needing to keep those conversations going, and we were trying to think of a, the best platform in order to um, keep that going, but also uh, bring in more technical expertise and overviews and initiatives. Um, and so Talking Spaces formed out of that, the fact that we wanted to keep conversations going, even yeah. though we weren't in shared working spaces, the fact that conversations can happen anywhere. Um, and so it was it was really just a springboarding platform to, to connect people together and to share share intelligence and share thoughts and um, find out what what was happening so oh you've done it very well <laughs> I really enjoy it um in terms of I guess I mean how has lockdown kind of Im impacted your business and what you can kind of how you operate in terms of say business development and things like that 
Yeah. Um, well, my life has changed completely. Uh, so of those that uh, don't know me, uh, before lockdown, I would be traveling the country. So we have nine offices and I would be connecting, essentially connecting the dots between all of those across the sectors, attending lots of events. Um, I, uh, through sort of my role in women in property, I'm uh, very much trying to uh, provide people with confidence and show the way so my hashtag is stand tall um and so i have been um you know chairing lots of events and things and of course during lockdown all of that just completely stops and so it it took a while and hence my blog initially into week two was kind of what are we doing you know how how do i feel in terms of you know business development how do we continue those discussions and and keep going without those touch points of those events and being seen and um, those chance discussions so um it, it's a really interesting time but actually i think we've been or hopefully we've been successful um and it's those relationships as we alluded to initially uh that keeping in touch um regular phone calls zoom calls whatever media you want to choose it's literally um keeping in touch with with those that you enjoy working with and know that there are opportunities to to work together on so um they're very initiatives as well that we've set, seen being set up. So I've been part of a Southwest COVID call, um, which I've mentioned on the blog, that joining companies together to share intelligence and initiatives okay. right right from the start. That was brilliant because, you know, we were sharing kind of working practices and now it's evolving into maybe sector specific. So, yeah, just being collaborative as much as possible. Well, I was, I was going to, can I, can I add something in there as well? Because I of think you can, Rob. In, in terms of the, the marketing strategy, I'm going to go back to the talking spaces, um, uh, newsletter that you talk about as well. Okay. Um, it was quite clear, um, coming into the crisis that we were losing the structure of what, what we were doing of traditionally what we do in our marketing team. And, and a bit like Rachel, we would be basing, some of our campaigns and some of what we talked about in and around hot topics of the moment. And they were generally conferences or events. So that, um, for instance, uh, an example is obviously in our industry, MIPIM. Um, Absolutely. We, we would have a campaign and built in and around that. So that would be your focus for March. Um, you'd go straight in, straight into ORD, which is the higher education, and, and you would therefore look at your university work and promote that at the same time. So we'd build our yes. calendar up over the year, um, and that, that would allow us to sort of go through our sectors, um, et cetera, in a kind of orderly way, which, which benefited the external audience. Um, and I suppose talking spaces, we decided to start because we didn't really do a newsletter before, um because of gdpr and other reasons we were always very nervous about newsletters and and to be honest i can't stand the word newsletter because that's one thing we're not doing with talking spaces i I call it a newsletter it really isn't um it's about (laughs) a collection of opinions really and and importantly on there we're we're including others so if we find anything that we like the look of and it doesn't matter who says it um we sort of interlace that with ours and uh, chuck a bit of humor in there but the whole point of it is to be a bit thought provoking and, and sort of ask a leading question. And yeah. I think the crisis gave us an opportunity to think about some of the opinions that we have in and around our business through our experts that, you know, we have people, you know, 
designing hotels um, an awful lot. We have people, you know, designing schools, etc., and they've all got an opinion about what's happening in their their world and the impact uh, of the current situation on on space and place is really important. And talking spaces has probably given them the, a new structure and framework for that. So um, that's probably, you know, in a way how marketing's evolved for us as well. You know, it's it's I think it's it's a sort of calendar of ideas. I suppose is the way to describe it. Are you finding it more enjoyable? I, ironically, yes. I, I, I think it's allowing us a freedom to talk about really what we want to do. And that's really made us soul search a bit about purpose. Um, yeah. Something that I've been quite, quite passionate about since I've taken over our, our marketing strategy is to make sure it's very open um, and authentic in what we do even to a point of admitting mistakes and other things, you know, life isn't perfect. And I think sometimes marketing tends to always err on everything's brilliant all the time. Um, yeah. and, and life isn't, um, you know, we've as, as a business, you know, there are, there are things that, you know, we, we try and get right on every project, but there are instances where, you know, it, it isn't always that successful. And you have to be honest about that and say, look, we're learning from this and move on. And I think sometimes having a discussion about the things that didn't, that aren't or didn't go as well uh, as equally yeah. as valid marketing points. And it makes you sort of open your soul. And I think people recognize when you open your soul, they respond quicker and, and more. I think there's an appreciation for it. I think you're absolutely right. I think especially at the moment, it's that kind of being honest and authentic, which I think is really important to people at the moment. And oh, actually being I able to say, this say is how anymore. I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really <laughs> important at this moment in time. Certainly with the, um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter campaign, it's absolutely critical. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of uncharted waters for many, but it's worth doing. Yes. Um, in terms of kind of what's been, what you've, been doing in terms of marketing for your business do you think you're going to continue along the same path or do you think new things may come into play for you um i, I think there's some there's some things that we would been wanting to do a while um and we've we've just put them on hold a little bit because of timing but i still think they're going to be there and we're going to have to adjust them um i think one say, of the, yeah, there's been on. a journey hasn't there really uh, rob in terms of where we started three years ago with shaping future places um and you could talk a bit about that and then inhabitant and and those initiatives which has kind of all led into um i suppose giving us the confidence that something like talking spaces uh, has has the legs and and can work so yeah um i suppose our journey be began a bit fortunate in 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 well three years ago now with shaping future places we um acquired bourneville village trust architects in birmingham uh, and we got okay. sight of the 1901 um, Garden Village Conference minutes, and we we read them through the <laughs> Birmingham office uh, through Ian, um, who, who had access to the Trust's fantastic archive, and it made us realise that those questions still weren't answered today, a hundred years on, um, or a hundred and plus wow. years on. So we we basically took took some of the themes of that original conference and sort of rehosted it and called it a symposium, um, but that led us <laughs> to have confidence in a sort of a wider campaign and we involved uh government as well as uh clients developers local authorities and, and other consultants so it was a very mixed bag 
and okay. it, it, it was a it was an interesting exercise at the time but it's given us confidence to do something similar in the future um and as we were doing that um we also you listened to a, uh, a photographer that we we're using a lot um we, we we loved him to bits and his work so we ended up employing him so we have our in-house photographer now tom bright and yeah. he's, a, he's a very chatty chap and when he goes out on 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 his um on his shoots he really gets talking on a human level with uh, the users of the spaces and places we've created and those conversations he started to ask permission and started to record and was born the inhabitant series um and that's about listening to users and how they feel about the spaces and 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 that they're using uh, and why they use them and the bits they like and the bits they don't. And we started to uncover that really architecture plays a small part in it. Uh, A large part is the management and the, and and how the space is looked after. Um, And therefore looking at that and the shaping future places, we're wanting to sort of combine those ideas and and look at in a way that the way that cities are going to go undergo transformation um, coming forward. And our future campaign is going to be something in and around cities or indeed towns i think we need to change the scale of what we're talking about now i think so yeah i think you're absolutely right um talking to a few people in london I, I, for those that work in london some of the stats coming from our you know those those people that we talk to rachel you know the one-to-ones that we're having you know we do discuss staff surveys and the results of those some businesses are quoting as low as 30 percent of people wanting to go back to the office so in other words 70 percent wow. people homeworking certainly within our own business it's around the 42 percent mark and that's going to have a devastating uh, effect of, you know in places like central london where you've got seven pret-a-mangers within a, a mile's radius of someone's <laughs> office you're not going to need seven prets you'll only need three tenths you'll only need three of them so i know uh, uh, what will that do for london um and actually you know people are commuting into london so the suburb becomes more important or indeed the town that they're commuting from and you know um i've certainly engaged a lot a, a, a lot a lot more with my own local community where i live because i don't live in bristol I, I live in a village on the outskirts um, okay. and i just think this shift of of um understanding your local and your locality and your local community is really really important and and this the, the concept of community is is definitely uh, um here to stay uh, in, in a different guise as well i think and i think um, there are virtual communities as well setting up. So you, you don't even need to be in a real place to have a virtual community. Um, yep. And I think recent events are showing that, you know, the, the, the global spread of, of, of certain events, you know, have ramifications everywhere. Um, and therefore I think we're going to be building a campaign in and around what that means for those towns and, and spaces and cities of, of the future. And it's down to the villagers, et cetera. So um, it's a really interesting um, look at that and the impacts of it. So we haven't quite got anything firmed, but uh, yeah, that's uh, some of our ideas. But you've got great ideas. I think I think that's that's the key part. Once you've got that, you can build that out into something. But that sounds really, really interesting. And something to kind of really, I guess it's like that kind of nitty gritty type project, isn't it? And it's important. Yes. Um, 
and we need to collaborate with others. I mean, importantly, that's something the shaping future places. We realised um, we've got to be doing that. It's not just a straight to glowing thing. Um, it's about engaging with other businesses at the same time, and it's about collaborative marketing. I think it's equally important at this moment in time. Brilliant. Um, I just wanted to touch on, I guess, looking back a bit in terms of the previous kind of recession in 2008, 2009, when Lehman's went under. I mean, what was your kind of experience of that? I'll start with you, Rachel. Uh, well, Rob, I know, was was uh, just joining the board at that point. So, it'd be good to get his view. Um, Fantastic, I, I will. I was, I'm just thinking, I was actually working at Heathrow at that point um, as a design manager. I mean, yeah. in terms of the company, um, we... Uh, so we became employee owned um, five, six years ago. And okay. although that was after that point, I think a lot has been learned from how the business um, was viewed, how communications were happening at that time. Um, and the fact that the employee ownership was set up because of the change of dynamics around the board, a number of board directors were retiring. And how do we kind of continue as a business um, being, um, you know, uh, being our own um ownership uh, destiny and um, by widening that ownership out to uh, the employees in order to to you know carry that on was was the mechanism but also it, it opened up much more transparency across the business so we have an employee forum uh, which I actually chaired in the first um, first sort of year or so that that was in existence and the ability for actually the the staff across the business to feel as though they they had a voice um yeah. and being able to have kind of reports directed uh, you know from the board on finance and um just operations but also for them to have the ability to actually question and say well, have you thought of this or, you know, could we do this or that? And so great initiatives, again, sort of looking back to marketing, um, but internal marketing, for instance, yeah. um, we had a uh, broad company conference. I hate the word conference, but it was a gathering <laughs> of everyone across the business. But the structure of that was very much led from the employee forum. So taking views and opinions from across the business. And I think, you know, if there's anything out from the previous recession, um, it's it's really a recon, you know, recognition that by um, that trust and um, openness and transparency across the business um, does kind of uh, enable everyone to to be part of that, um, and so that that's really been a, a strength from us this time um, coming into you know such a drastic change um, and and the business. And I think you know we've we've done surveys around across the staff, and actually that has been one of the overriding sort of positivity aspect that everyone feels trusted and feels as though they're they're having that very clear transparent messaging on how we're doing and and you know the, the changes of direction of business if that is needed so but Rob will have some more specific um yeah I was going to say Rob so you so you you basically were moved uh, moved on to the board around the time of the last recession how was yeah. that well <laughs> well <laughs> it gets worse than that I think I, I I I'd signed up in January but I didn't 
officially become a board director till April and the recession sort of hit about then if I remember right yeah so it, I remember I that really yeah, it is around then. Right. yeah I couldn't change I mean, it was, <laughs> Rachel I sort of um I, I feel for you joining last de- January a little bit because I've been there but I think what, <laughs> there's never a good time though there's never a good time and there's <laughs> never you know, to get there though yes it is. yes absolutely <laughs> and I think the solidity and why I still wanted to invest was that we've traded every year without loss um, that's amazing yeah in our in our trading history and that's still the case um, and long long may that continue but I think that's through careful management of resourcing and costs and I think the secret to that is really good communication and, and but Rachel's alluded to it it was about the engagement with with your teams um, and it's the people that make our business um, and it's looking yeah. after them and just that transparency. But I think the other important thing that we, there was a legacy that I came into the board and inherited, which was quite a bit of a spread of geography and sector. So we, there was a, there was a, a conscious decision to make sure that we, as an architecture practice, um, do all sorts of buildings. We do joke about this, don't we, Rachel, that we, we can do everything from the, from your very birth. So the life, in fact, it's pre-birth um, sort of fertility <laughs> clinics we've done. Um, through to um, uh, death and crematoria, um, yeah. we've done. We, we can do every building in between, and um, I think it's that breadth that has given us that resilience, and that's thanks to our, our previous directors, really. I guess is there anything you think you're going to be doing differently in the next kind of few months, marketing-wise, for your practice? I think we've answered some of it to a certain extent, but I think. Um, for me, it's just making sure we are aligning more what we want to talk about and set of more of a vision for the for the future of how we would like to see architecture regarded in the world and its use. I think it's quite yeah. critical that architecture starts to become a little bit more real and less seen as a art form it yep. is something that really affects everyday lives and therefore the one-off designs that you see that are quite could be described as beautiful could be described as um even award-winning um that's there's that's just one side of architecture there's the other side that delivers real change for communities and it doesn't have to be expensive it has to be practical um it it, and we're realizing that that for us is of equal benefit and passion to us as a business and everybody that works for us uh, gets that and it's about us having that purpose that we can improve the lives of as many people as we can and i think we need to get that across in what we do and say yeah, and I, I think certainly in the current climate, you know, with changes of uh, traveling and uh, work uh, habits, there is quite a lot being asked around sustainability. We're seeing yeah. a number of schemes coming in um, that will be looking um, very carefully around the passive house. And so that that has always been I suppose, on the agenda in terms of climate change, but even more so, um, and even down to, you know, 
traveling to meetings or traveling to events. And so that's going to have a, a big consideration on how we operate over the next sort of three to six months. We've, we've been discussing today um, about sort of the MIPIM plans for the future, but also down to events such as um, Green Week, which we've held for the last 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, we were going to be doing that in, you know, actual, um, you know, environments uh, this year but how do we do that in a virtual environment and it's as important to celebrate that um whether it's virtual or or in person and so how do we how do we actually broach that and how do we actually get that to work so um uh, let alone any other events and roundtable discussions which we might want to host and and various things like that but um yeah yeah, it's quite interesting, I think, because I've been doing a lot of networking and it's interesting how people are getting more used to the different platforms and having events with breakout rooms and just trying to kind of, I guess, get some of that kind of live feel that you have in a normal face-to-face event. Yeah, um, I mean, you could fill your diary with um, webinars like every every hour of the day. Um, yeah. And for me, it, you know, as much the events that I used to attend was about uh, speaking to people and that, you know, gathering of intelligence but also building those relationships with people it's how you do that virtually now um and so you know very much the social side of online um events uh, i think will come into its own even more so I think, the, I think the other point i want to raise is that and, and this is a sort of out to other forms of uh, marketing businesses is that there's there's a power held now by an individual or a business to to be able to arrange and do their own um, series and actually why th- there are people out there and it's a bit of my pet hate at the moment is expecting for you to pay to be part of a webinar and it's part of their <laughs> business model I just don't get yeah. it because you're not you're not going to get the best people coming to it. Um, it's only those that have the budget and therefore the best speakers and therefore the best discussion. And it yeah. doesn't feel the right thing to be doing at the moment. So I do think the there are some um, marketing industry uh, businesses that really need to think carefully about their business model and and I, yeah. I appreciate they've got to survive and they've got to get the revenue but i think there are better ways of going about um their business of the future than they're currently going down a certain path i guess yeah i think it's one of those things they're all going to have to start kind of just start to rethink aren't they because you look at some of these and you think this just doesn't work in the current world and you have to kind of i guess reinvent their model really which is it's going to be quite interesting to see who does it well, really. Yeah, and there are signs um, that there are people doing, you know, doing sort of really clever things out there, um, and, and they're really yeah. interesting to see. Uh, me and Rachel were talking the other day about um, the rise of the sort of the local business, and just to see how they've responded is just phenomenal, and how people have responded to them um, through their really simple marketing, and it's quite inspirational to see, actually. I think you've just kind of answered my next question, which is about what's the standout marketing campaign you've seen of late? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we were really struggling. We were were talking to each other and we were actually asking the wider team and they they did come forward with, I suppose, their own opinions, but... I know I was struggling myself. and yeah, Nothing inspires me nationally at the moment. I, I wouldn't say there's anything that particularly stands out at all. No? 
no. especially at this time it was kind of you know what what has happened and and I was saying saying to Rob that you know, things for me it was about where I live and being local and what yeah. I've actually made use of. So I think right at the start of lockdown, you know, I did my hotel chocolat little kind of order thinking that, you know, that will see me through for a week or two. Um, but now it's kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, what's been really good is seeing how those local small independent businesses have really tapped into um, where you live. So for me, yeah. it's 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 working with the community and supporting them. And so I've set up uh, with our thoughtful bread company deliveries every Wednesday, and their their campaign and marketing around you know their wonderful baked goods, but they have lots of extra sort of pantry um, items, uh, yeah. foods and items that you can use. And uh, and we Rob and I actually wanted to support a friend the other day, and the fact that a local business provided some chocolates um, and also had some local flowers you know it's those kind of things actually seeing and being able to tap in and support them at the moment felt more relevant than the big kind of marketing campaigns that you know yeah worldwide businesses are doing so yeah but you say that they're not going to be anywhere near as personal Sorry, Rob. Well, well, I think a good example is the is the one in 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 my community is the local co-op so even though it's a large it appears as a large business. It's actually down to the manager of that business that's really driving their current campaign. And it is a Facebook campaign, but it's a very simple one. And it was, um, here's my phone number, here's my email address, here's my WhatsApp, here's my, you know, all the things that you could ever dream of, Facebook Messenger, everything. <laughs> um, you know, you can basically contact me, send me what you want for your shopping, and I'll have it delivered by four o'clock the next day. And that's what he's doing. Um, and, and that's what he has been doing. And, uh, it's phenomenal. And he puts up about three or four videos a day. So every time he gets his delivery, the video goes up. This is what he's got in. He's expanded into, a, all these pallets and crates outside and he's got a, a massive garden center on the go. Um, yeah. and a massive <laughs> veg stall, you know, he now makes a veg stall every morning and a, and a, and a garden center. And he's responding to the demands of, of the local residents and doing amazing deliveries. There's no question that you don't get a delivery slot with him. There's no online system that needs to be made or designed or whatever. Yeah. He's just going back to basics and contact me and I'll, I'll deliver something. It's very That's much that amazing. personal, yeah, very much the personal approach and being yeah. able to sort of know who is delivering and who is, who is behind that. Yeah. But I love it. It's just like, just pick up the phone and talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that easy which I think is one of those things where you just think, yeah, it's, it's actually quite refreshing to go back to that in a way. Yeah, being, um, being simple. <laughs> which I always, Keeping always it like. simple. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and my final, final question. So what one tip would you give to business leaders about how they should be marketing themselves now? Um, for me, it's thought authenticity is, is mine. Um just you have to be absolutely authentic about what you're doing it's not something you make up it's not you you don't sit in a room and kind of come up with buzzwords and it's got to come from the heart um and it's got to be honest it would be my take on it rachel do you do you have anything you'd like to add to that no i I think that's a really good one the fact that you know be yourself be true to yourself um i think from my side you know there is a whole um take on sort of health and well-being and Absolutely. you know working together and actually you know we're going to see so many different um 
work thoughts over the next uh you know if not year um and beyond uh so the work sort of ecosystem developing between sort of home and hubs and offices and just then how you gather people together and yep. what what people then want to talk about and and how you talk about it so i think you know the fact that there will be potentially less big events there may be, you know, the odd kind of large gathering and actually you'll make more of it then. And so for, you know, those need to be really thought through and um, considered because that's going to be the real value that people feel about get, getting together and connecting together at those opportunities. Yeah, yeah it's events with purpose, isn't it? You, if, if you're getting people together, it's got to really go, do you know what? I really, really, really want to go to that and I can see a benefit of, yeah. of being with others and therefore I will do everything I can I'm happy to do a bit of travel I'm and I think it yeah that's my other probably one I'd like to add is purpose um so authenticity purpose and flexibility I think is the why flexibility I, th- I think because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, that's the other thing that that's we yeah, yeah. we might have a second <laughs> wave. Unknown. You know, the unknown. Yeah. You know, we are going to. Well, there is an un- there is a known. We are going to be leaving Europe at the end of the year as well. So um, there are all sorts of cards at play. Uh, you know, we need another half an hour for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's around the next corner? I know. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? At the moment, you kind of go, is this really happening? Like, you go on Twitter and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it is. I think, yeah, absolutely like flex- flexibility and the unknown. Absolutely. Um, thank you both so much for your time and for sharing your kind of experiences and what you've been doing and your reflection on the architectural world. Thank you, Ayers. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Marketing in Times of Crisis. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to tune in. Check out the show notes for useful links, including my website, where you can find out more about everything featured today and how to get in touch. We're a new podcast, so if you like what you've heard, please do subscribe so that you never miss an episode and more people get to hear about us.